Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic Indie Creator interview. It's your Cape Crusader Cody, and we are keeping it geekly with our new friend, Hannah Strauss. We're here to break down Joe Plant and everything in between. And before this grows out of hand, Hannah, welcome to the stream. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for inviting me on. I appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. Share my uh, character, my original character, Joe Plant. So for everyone that is watching, Joe Plant is actually free to read on Global Comics. So we're going to go ahead and just post that link right now. And if you missed it, we're, we're going to be posting it throughout the show. Uh, Hannah, how did you get into creating comics? I had the, the opportunity to read the origin story on uh, Global Comics. And Joe Plant is such an awesome ride. It's nothing like I've ever experienced before, it feels like. Yeah, I like the idea that you're not the first person to say that, that it's like people, a couple of other people, in fact, that were screenwriters said the same thing. This is nothing like I've read before. So it's I'm trying to com combine some elements of ecology and science with humor. And uh, some of it is based on fantasy, but it's also taking from real life as well. But I don't want to, you know, drag people down with too much factual information. I try to give, a, <laughs> you know, keep the pace going with a little levity to maintain people's interest because I wanted to to basically be appealing to many different types of people and to maintain their interest. So what like what was some of your first steps into creating comics? I know we were talking a little bit backstage right. and on Twitter um you had some interesting uh um work with like uh, TV uh, animations and uh films as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was staff storyboard artist at uh, Filmation Studios, and I worked on Shira, Princess of Power. Wow. And Filmation Ghostbusters, I did that, although that you don't hear too much about that series anymore since Deke took it over. But um, And Brave Star, which had a short run, too. So those were the, the three series that I worked on. I also worked on Gem and the Holograms. I storyboarded a few episodes of that. And Skeleton Warriors, which I don't even know what's happened to that. Have you ever heard of Skeleton Warriors? <laughs> I haven't. I don't think I have. <laughs> I really it's <laughs> out there in the ether somewhere. But it was a short-lived series, too, at another studio. I don't remember the studio that did it, though. So, so how yeah, was that, that experience for you? That seems like it would be... Like I, for me, it seems like it would be such a heavy task to take on, like uh, writing, you know, for uh, shows that, you know, they, they continue like a comic book seems like it would be a walk in a park compared to writing for a TV show. Well, I didn't do any of the writing. I had to work from the scripts because I was a storyboard artist. Oh, I got you. I got you. So yeah, you, they uh, had you a writing crew. They had, a, they had a, a writing department and I was in the storyboard department. Mm. So yeah. uh, you, you, you designed like the, the, the scenes and everything? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and then it got edited by a director, so it always came back with a, a crap load of changes. <laughs> All the red marks and the tabs and stuff. So. That even seems like it's it's even more work than writing, though, is animate, you know, drawing the scenes and animating the scenes. Well, I think they're both hard. You know, I don't think and either one is easy, writing a script or doing storyboard, doing storyboard. So they have both have their challenges, different maybe, but both are challenging endeavors. It seems like it'd be like the perfect, you know, opportunity to learn about like sequential art and, and getting the flow of the story, um, almost like a perfect like setup for you to to start creating comics. Right. Right. But actually, I started creating comics when I was like nine years old. I had I was always constantly drawing ever since I was a little girl. I made because I was so into dinosaurs when I was a little girl, I actually made up my own uh, comic book character which was a tyrannosaurus rex that wore people's clothing and 
and acted like people, and his name was Nutty Dinosaur. So <laughs> sequential art was always within me in one form or another. <laughs> so uh, you also uh, made mention, too, that you worked on a film as well. Uh, what was the, the film, if you don't mind me asking? I worked on The Crow. And the wow. first Crow. Yeah, I worked with Alex Proyas on The Crow. So I was, in fact... I don't mean to embarrass, be too embarrassing, but honestly, I didn't know who the crow was when they hired me. <laughs> <laughs> and I found out what an important cult character he is in comics. So, um, yeah, that was a that was an inter- that was I that was one of my favorite movies actually that I worked on, and I learned a lot about it. And then it, I got along great with Alex Proyas. It was you know, and was an experience working with him. So, uh, as I, actually, I'm very proud to have worked on that show and had the privilege to do so. So I, so. So what 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 does it look like when you do like the storyboarding, like the art um, and everything for the films and animations? Um. Well, filmation per se had their own very unique system. They had a stock animation system to keep cost production down. So you were somewhat limited in. Um, your creativity within a shot. Um, they asked you to uh, use old stock footage from previous shows if you could incorporate them into the animation and make it work. That was the way Lou Scheimer, the head of Filmation, tried as long as he could keep uh, the whole process of animation within the United States because a lot at that time, when I was there, a lot of the work was being sent to Korea and the Philippines and Japan to, for cost cutting at the time. Mm-hmm. And Lou Scheimer was trying to find a way to keep the, the whole process in the United States and keep costs down, but it only lasted so long. And I mean, it only seems like you could do so much with the reused like stock footage as well, right? Like, um, yeah. I, I understand saving pennies, but there's it seems like it, it imposes such limitations that you really can't do what you want to do in, in, in some aspects. It, it did. I, I found out very quickly that when I worked on other shows like Gem and the Holograms, um, they didn't use a stock system. So I had more create creative freedom <laughs> to, to do some shot work and stuff, whereas with the uh, with, with uh, Shira, a lot of people don't realize when I was there, Shira, a lot of that was using stock over from previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Now you know. <laughs> Secrets out. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was probably you, uh, when you were able to kind of like do what you want to do. That, that had to have been a, a fresh breath of air, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and I worked on Captain Planet. That was another one I heard. That's on. that. That is. Uh, I remember Captain Planet being a kid watching that, thinking how awesome it was, seeing the rings and uh, everybody, you know, mm-hmm. saying their elements and, and forming Captain Planet. Yeah. Such an awesome show. In fact, in certain regards, that show was ahead of its time because it was so representational in, in terms of the characters. So you had characters from all different backgrounds, the kids that were part of the Captain Planet crew, were very representational mm-hmm. for the time. And what some of it, some people may not know, well, I think it was uh, Tom Cruise with the voice of Captain Planet in the first episode. Never knew that. <laughs> in fact, they did the model design after him too, but he left the show after that. I don't know, some kind of contractual is- issues or something. 
So that he's now probably you know mad that he wasn't able to do his own stunts in the animation. I guess not. <laughs> so, like, down for him. <laughs> Captain Planet, you know, recycling, saving the earth. It seems like yeah. that's an easy transition to Joe Plant, you know, well, someone who, who turns into a plant, you know, is planting plants and trying to save mm -hmm. that side of the earth. Give us a little bit on how you uh, came into, you know, actually creating the book. Are you uh, the author and the, the artist as well? Yes, I'm the uh, chief cook and bottle washer. I do everything. <laughs> this is my editor behind me, uh, my little bird here. She's my biggest critic of them all. But yeah, I do everything. In fact, it started out as a script. Um, I was getting a kind of bored during COVID lockdown. So I said, all right, what am I going to do with myself? I started sketching out the Joe Plan character. I said, you know what? I'm going to write out a script. Mm -hmm. So it started out as a 100-page script. And then I said, you know what, I'm going to uh, develop this into a comic book and see how it goes. So, you know, just one thing just sort of evolved into another in that regard. But the, the development of the character was just a one-off thing. I was volunteering uh, doing plant and animal surveys on a ranch in Mexico. So there were a whole bunch of other biologists and botanists working all there together. We'd, I didn't know like half the people there. And one of the botanists working there was all covered with plant tar tattoos. So the first thing <laughs> that came to my, my mind, so I think this dude would like to be a plant. So, because <laughs> <laughs> so, he's all full of plant tattoos. So that's how I got to create Joe Plant from that one little, you know, spark of an idea. That's awesome, though. And uh, I love how... You know, we see Joe, he uh, slowly, you know, he's investigating a new plant. Um, it reaches out, it attacks him. He notices there's no thorns, too. So I loved how the attention to detail, you know, uh, he mentions the defense mechanisms. Um, there was a lot of knowledge within this book that I wasn't expecting about plants, too. So uh, did all of that come from your experience uh, down there? Uh, well, just working as a biologist out in the field, working alongside other botanists and ecologists and biologists and learning from them as I'm working. Yeah. So that was definitely firsthand knowledge that I acquired. But again, I wanted to do it in such a way that it, it still would maintain the reader's interest because mm -hmm. I don't want to bog down the reader with too much like cut and dry information because then they just might as well go read a research paper. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I that's, you did. Not, that's not the direction I want to go here. I so. thought you did a good job of maintaining, you know, not only like keeping it like accurate, but like balancing it with humor too. Like I thought this yeah. was a rather, you know, humorous uh, story. I loved how Joe was able to maintain his uh, humanity um, when he like transforms into this it, and some of the jokes too. Oh my God. Uh, you're looking green around the gills. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so uh, what, was some for, yeah, what was some of your reasoning for keeping him uh, in this state? You know, uh, we, we were talking a little bit backstage as well, like uh, creations uh, such as like Swamp Thing and such, they, they turn out to be like monstrous, but Joe is like still uh, his, his own, his good old self, just green and you know, with a lot of leaves now. Right. Right. But he still is Joe Smith. Mm -hmm. botanists inside will let greenery it's just that uh, physiologically there have a lot been a, a lot of changes with him so but he's still joe smith in his head that hasn't so changed what uh what was your reasoning for that though like uh why, why did you want to go that route instead of you know any other uh, any of the other routes uh because most of the other established plant-based characters got like too sinister and serious and too destructive. And I wanted to go off in a different direction, make him more fun, um, more relatable to people. 
because if you read some of Alan Moore's takes on his story writing that he, he interjected into Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing has gone off into a whole nother like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, metaphysical direction there. So I think he's a terrific writer, Alan Moore. I wish I could write like him. But uh, that is not the direction that I wanted to go with this character. I deliberately went off into another tangent that way. Uh, and uh, I really enjoyed it with Origins, too. We uh, not only got to see his transformation into Joe Plant, but, uh, you know, the love interest uh, that uh, is developing. Uh, I loved his dog, too, uh, Charlie. Charlie's such oh. an awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we, uh, you know, his, his garden gets burnt down um, in issue one, uh, very traumatic. Um, and we see him kind of go off the deep end. And he, uh, we, we notice that he has the, the abilities to not only have, you know, like mushrooms and onions and tomatoes grow from the plant, uh, the ground, but he can have roots and stuff. I mean, he takes on this like corporation and just utterly just dismantles it. Like, um, but is Joe plant going to be, you know, taking down evil corporations in the future? Like, what are we going to be expecting from Joe? That remains to be seen, but um, <laughs> I'd rather him be more constructive than destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, there is another issue of Joe Plant online on a, at his website, JoePlant2020.com, which was actually the first issue I wrote to develop the character. And it takes him into the Amazon rainforest mm-hmm. where he's trying to uh, save the Amazon rainforest and save the indigenous people save their land and the ecology from uh, marauding gold miners. So, you know, in that aspect, he will, you know, try to defend himself or defend the environment from those that he thinks might be destructive towards it. So, um, but uh, I'd rather he grow more things Mm -hmm. than destroy more things. So... And uh, so issue two seems like it's it's going down um, an ev- even deeper uh, route for him. Uh, what can we expect? I know you're right now you're currently working on, issue, on three. issue three. That's oh. adaptations. Yeah. 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 So uh, you're 11 pages into that, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like, so what type of story are we going to be expecting with that? Oh, OK. Well, it's it's probably the going to be one of the most comedic of all the issues. There's a lot of plastic <laughs> in there, as you saw with the animals chasing him. I mean, we got that far, but it's going to continue down that path towards the end. This issue is going to be a little shorter and it's going to end with uh, going back to uh, law enforcement, trying to investigate who was the uh, the perpetrator for destroying that building. So but um, it's it's going to go down a more comedic path than than issue two. Okay. a lot of slapstick there. Yeah. So is the is this is the series going to be ending around issue three, or do you have plans on making this no, run it's, uh, longer? I, it's I'm basing it on the script, so it's it's going to incorporate a lot of ideas and story arcs that I incorporated in the script. So there's still a lot of material there to touch base on. Okay. <clears throat> the only thing that I've added since then, since and I like the response that it got was. Joe Plant's alias as the luchador El Arbusto. <laughs> People think that's kind of fun, so I'm going to develop an issue just on that alone, and I think and I, that's going to probably be issue five. Okay, and that's uh, you were saying um, is he four or five? What? So is uh, that's where he's going to be uh, the luchador? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's hiding awesome. from the law, so that's going to be his <laughs> alias. <laughs> no, I, I love the humor in this. This is awesome. Is there uh, any stores online where people can buy physical issues, or is this all just digital? 
Uh, right now, it's all it's all just digital. I have some printed copies of issue one available at some local comic book stores here in Tucson, but I plan on printing a limited run of um, of printed copies of issue <clears throat> issue two uh, next year. So some some of those will be available for print next year. Oh, that is awesome! So. With uh, more issues to come of Joe Plant, like what's next for you? Do you have any other series that you're going to be working on or any other, you know, projects that might be, you know, kind of piquing your interest? Uh, the Joe Plant series right now is taking up most of my interest, but uh, I do have some ideas down the pike that I've scribbled down uh, some science fiction stuff that I have in mind. There's one about... Uh, Bob Blowback, which is completely ridiculous. <laughs> and this is also based on some personal experiences working on construction sites. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, he's he's a welder and he has a terrible accident that causes also <laughs> to change. <laughs> but uh, I need to develop that as well. I've drawn models of the characters but uh, and wrote a synopsis on the, some story ideas and how he became but uh the name of the character is billy blowback but that's that's down the pipe too. so are we ever gonna see billy and joe uh meet i don't uh, think so no. <laughs> <laughs> those two different worlds <laughs> yeah <laughs> so everyone watching at this point right here is the link to check out uh issue one for free but you could also you said you had a, a website they can read issue two well, issue one is actually at JoePlant2021.com. That's mm. issue one. It's in black and white. And that was actually where he, that's Joe Plant's Amazing Adventures in the Amazon Rainforest. And that's the first issue. Second issue is the one you see on Global Comics, okay. which is Joe Plant Origins. And then adaptations is the third. Sorry, sorry for the confusion. Okay, okay. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> when, when are you expecting adaptations uh, to be uh, officially done then? Um, I think I have about more, about 10 more pages on that one. So maybe in the, the next month or so, it might Ooh, be getting cool. close. That is so awesome. Yeah. What's that, <laughs> what's that look like for you with the, the creative process? Uh, um, when you take it from script to, uh, designing the panels and, and doing the art, I mean, I, I love, uh, the techniques, uh, is it all uh, traditional or do you, uh, do your art, uh, digitally? I'm vintage. I have to admit, I haven't gone completely digital yet. I do scan in my drawings, but one of these days, I'm going to get myself a a pad <clears throat> and get some software and do it that way when I feel I've got the extra money to spend. Right now, things are kind of tight, so I'm sticking to the paper and the marker. But eventually, I plan on making that jump one day. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I'm a, awesome. I, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely vintage. There's <laughs> no question about that. Well, Hannah, I appreciate you uh, coming by, giving us a little bit of uh, Joe. Uh, this was such an awesome sit down. I loved reading uh, um, everything uh, over on Global Comics. Once again, guys, here is the link to read this for free. Um, now, before we go, um, can you give us a little bit, bit of advice for anyone who might be new that's listening? Uh, for anyone who might be, you know, stuck having a hard time getting going with the writing or even just the art or anything in between, what type of advice would you offer them to help them just get motivated to go? Don't overthink it because when you overthink it, I think you suppress it even more. Try to use stream of consciousness to start scribbling down notes or drawings. You'd be amazed what you can come up with just by doing that. 
I mean, that's what worked <laughs> with me. Don't think, don't overthink it. Just do it. So, and oh, you that's can awesome. be amazed. You actually, you'll be more in touch with your subconscious that way, and you'd be surprised what you come up with. <laughs> well, everyone watching right here is the link to read Joe Plant once again. Be sure to check it out. It is free. It's new comic book day. You have nothing to lose. And thank you so much for swinging by, breaking down Joe Plant and everything in between. Everyone watching, I hope you have a fantastic day. But most importantly, keep it geekly. Thank you for having me.